Well, good morning. Uh, it, it is it's always an honor for me to be able to, to speak to New Life. And I was looking at the time, it's only 15 to 11. I, I promise I'm not planning on going to 11.30 today. So we may, but we'll see. You never know what Holy Spirit is going to do. So the title of my message is, she'll bring it up in a second. Death changes everything. You're probably wondering why in the world would Greg want to talk about death? I mean, we see it, we see it all over the place today. You know, this is we prayed for our brothers and sisters in Jerusalem. And I know many of us have lost loved ones, our friends. Just this past week, a dear, um, I guess you could call her one of my um, neighborhood mamas, passed away this past week, Miss Pat. And uh, you know, her family had, uh, they've been posting Facebook subjects in Alabama, they've been posting all kinds of things, and you know, it just goes to show the, the legacy that her and uh, her husband was my coach for football, Coach Grissom. Just the growing up down the street from them changed changed my life in ways that I may not even realize. But being coached by Coach Grisham and uh, just uh, going every once in a while, I would get to go back and see Miss Pat after the coach had passed away, and um, I was just there. Uh, and, and Julie and I in July went through there and I wasn't able to go see her because she was um, terminal at that point and she wasn't taking any um, any uh, visitors but it's still even though they knew it was coming even though we know every day that any of us could walk out out of here and um, we may not ever walk back in and so it truly is uh, true that when death occurs it changes everything you know the bible talks about death it's it's in it's in the bible anywhere from 333 times to 372 times and there's 1600 references to it you know one of the one of the famous ones is when Lazarus had died and Jesus walked up to the tomb and said, hey, don't worry about it, he's just sleeping. You know, and everybody else was thinking, uh, Jesus, I don't think you know what you're talking about because he's dead. Matter of fact, Lazarus' sister even said, uh, Jesus, you don't want to pull the stone away because he stinks already because it had been four days that he had been in the uh, tomb. So the Bible talks about it a lot. Each of us have, have been touched by death. But I want you to be assured, we're not going to spend the whole service on death. We are going to talk about a death that truly changed history. And that was our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, when he died on the cross. 
You know, the enemy, I, you know, it'd be interesting one day when we all get to heaven, if we're believers, when we get to heaven, I, I, I would love for Jesus or for God to go back and say, hey, let me show you what, what happened back then. Let me show you how the enemy was celebrating, how everything, how he was so excited that they had killed the Son of God. But little did he know, three days later, that Jesus was going to rise from the dead. So, but in order for Jesus to get to the rising, he had to go through the death. And he knew that. And then, Jesus, when he rose from the dead, if you remember, he spent 40 days walking around with the his, his apostles, his disciples, his, his people that were just totally distraught. And I can't, I can't imagine being, being in that situation and wondering, Jesus, you are here. You're doing miracles. You're doing all these things. And yet, you hung on the cross and died. But Jesus came back, Jesus rose from the dead, and he spent the next 40 days talking to his disciples, eating with them, caring for them. And one of the things he said was, um, of course, I'm not following my notes at all. So, um, so you may have to skip a few verses when I get to that. <laughs> I, I spent yesterday, I, I put together a lot of different verses, but. Um, you know, Jesus said, um, well, let's, let's just read 2 Timothy 1, 9 and 10. It says, He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything that we have done, but because of His own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Jesus Christ before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So the enemy thought he was winning. He thought, hey, you know, I've got Jesus is tied down. He's, he's dead, but yet Jesus crushed death when he rose from the dead. And as believers, we have, we have an incredible blessing that even though we may pass through, just like my friend, uh, my my um, neighborhood mama, just like she passed away, she had to. She's walking through the death, but she was welcomed into the hands of into the arms of Jesus, just like each of us will be when if we're believers. Now something happens when someone dies. Um, so in Colossians two twenty. Paul tells us that since you died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of this world, why, as though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules? So when we become believers in Christ, the spiritual world has no other hold on us. Jesus has broken that chain. We're no longer slaves to the sin. We no longer have to submit to the rules that Satan tries to put on us. They no longer have power over us. Several years ago, I, I read a book 
uh, by Francis Chan called Forgotten God. I don't know if any of you have had an opportunity to read that. But one of the things that Francis talks about is that in today's church, many times we forget. You know, we, we talk about Father. We talk about the Son, Jesus Christ. But we, many times, we, including me, forget Holy Spirit. You know, Holy Spirit was sent back by Jesus. Matter of fact, Jesus told his, his disciples and, and, and apostles that I cannot stay here. I have to go back to the Father so that I can send Holy Spirit back to walk with you, to be in you, to, to counsel you, to, to correct you, to give you the power to be men and women after God's own heart. Now, if Jesus were to walk in here today, and we knew it was Jesus, um, we'd probably all freak out. But Jesus would, Jesus would say, no, I want you to have Holy Spirit because Holy Spirit is inside of you and empowers you and strengthens you and does all the things that we can't do. You know, I cannot live the Christian life. I cannot be a good husband to Julie. I cannot be a good father to my children, a good grandfather to my grandchildren, a good friend without Holy Spirit working in my life. I don't know if you heard about uh, uh, earlier this year, there was a, at Asbury uh, University in Kentucky, they were just doing a routine Wednesday morning chapel and Holy Spirit showed up. Holy Spirit showed up. They weren't expecting it. But revival swept through that campus. And for the next 16 days, they did, uh, they had revival. And God continues to move through that. My prayer for new life is that on one of our, and I pray that it's today, one of our routine Sunday morning services, you know, that Holy Spirit would just move in with a mighty rushing wind and just transform each of us into the men and women that God has called us to be. Because you know what? Me getting up here talking, the worshiping, worshiping, unless Holy Spirit is part of that, it's, it's useless. You know, we might as well not even do it. Unless Holy Spirit is empowering that and moving that. And my prayer is that, matter of fact, let's just pray. Holy Spirit, we need you. I need you. Holy Spirit, come. Move. Transform. Change each of our hearts. Show us where we need to ask 
your forgiveness, where we need to ask forgiveness of those that we are do life with. Holy Spirit, we need you. So we welcome you here. We welcome you here. As I was preparing for this too, you know, I was thinking, you know, uh, whenever I, um, whenever you see football games or or uh, basketball games or hockey games or or whatever, you see the fans are just some fans are just out of control, and um, because they've been whipped up into this frenzy. Well, I'm not here to whip us into a frenzy about the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit can do that Himself. I don't. I don't need to do that. But I do know that when Holy Spirit does show up, that things change. And we're going to talk about that just in a few minutes, about what happened back at Pentecost when, when Jesus, or when the Holy Spirit showed up. Well, let's go back to where Jesus was telling us about um, the Holy Spirit. Let's turn with me to John 14, 15 to 21. If you have your Bibles, not, it will be up here too. And Jesus says, If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will see. Well, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you will also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. So John's writing about what Jesus had said during one of his talks with his people, and he says, hey, I'm going to send you an advocate or a helper. I'm going to send, the King James Version says helper. So we're not orphans here. Once we accept Jesus, we're no longer orphans. We have, we have a helper that will, will help us to walk in our day-to-day lives. Go a couple of chapters later to John 16, 7-15. But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin because people do not believe in me. About righteousness because I'm going to the Father. Where you can see me no longer. And about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. And I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what he is yet. He will tell you what is yet to come. 
He will glorify me because it, it, because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what it will make known to you. I'm sure the, the apostles, and I know many times in my life, I wonder, okay, you know, it'd be good to actually have Jesus walking beside me instead of Holy Spirit. And I'm sure the apostles were like, uh, hey, Jesus, things are going pretty good here. You know, we get to see miracles. We get to hear you teach. We get to hear you talk. But yet Jesus is blowing up their whole world and telling them, no, really it's better if I walk through this. So he had to go to the cross in order for him to destroy death. And then he had to go back to heaven to send Holy Spirit back. I was, I was thinking about Bert while I was working on this because I don't know how much geometry, if you teach any geometry with, with all the... I was going to have this big proof I was going to put on the screen. You know, if you've ever done geometry... You start with something, and then you say, well, because of this, then this, and this, and this, and you work through all this stuff, and you get down to the bottom, and you say, see, this is why this is true, what I started. And that's what Jesus, Jesus said. I got to go to the cross. I'm going to destroy death. I am going to rise from the dead by doing that. I'm going to hang out with you for a little bit longer, but then I'm going to go back to heaven and I'm going to send Holy Spirit back. I'm going to send Holy Spirit to help you and to walk with you. And we can see, and we're going to see in just a minute, we saw it at Asbury University. We see it all around the world today. When Holy Spirit moves, there's revival. So after Jesus had risen from the dead during that 40-day period of time, in Acts 1, 4-8, He tells them. Now I find it interesting too, you know, Jesus had risen from the dead but yet he still sits down and eats dinner with his people. He didn't need to eat. He, he can walk through walls. So I'm pretty sure he did not need to eat. But yet he saw the importance of sharing a meal. And that's the same as we do here. Just sitting around the table when we do our potlucks or sit around the table with your family. The importance of of sharing a meal. But anyway, back Acts 1, 4. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then, he got, then they gathered around him and asked, But Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? I, you know, I wonder if uh, Jesus was like, am I speaking Greek? Which he probably was. <laughs> but um, it, he, he said, I, wouldn't, I didn't say anything about restoring the kingdom. 
many times I'm that dense too. You know, when I read the Word and it's like, I'm sure Jesus and, and Father and Holy Spirit are like, hello? All I told you to do was um, go back to Jerusalem, stay there until the gift shows up. Yeah, but Jesus, are you going to restore the kingdom? I'm sure he was like, are they ever going to get this? He said to them, okay, guys and gals, I don't know if there's any gals there too, but I'm sure there were. It's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But, you don't you all know it, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and to the ends of the earth. I want you to notice something with me. He did not tell his disciples to go be witnesses. He doesn't tell us to go be witnesses. He tells us to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. And if we're not walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, if we're not doing ministry here in the Holy Spirit, then we are missing something. Jesus told him to go wait. I don't like to wait. I don't like to do stuff. I'm surprised my wife's put up with me for 42 years because when something goes wrong, I want to go fix it. And many times she does not want me to fix it. She just wants me to listen to what's going on. And, but I don't want to just listen. I want to fix it. Because that's what guys do. They want to fix things. So I'm sure these, uh, Mike too, yeah. We do. But Jesus said, wait for the Holy Spirit. And then he said, or because if we wait, then as we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, all these things are going to happen that will just completely blow our mind and blow everything that we, um, we can't even imagine what Holy Spirit can do. But if we are each living our life in accordance with the Holy Spirit, then we're going to see great things happen here at, at New Life Fellowship. So my prayer is that nothing happens unless it's led by the Holy Spirit. Let's, go, let's look in Acts chapter 2 and see what happens on the day of Pentecost. Many of you already know this story, but when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. I found this quick little video. It actually is the pastor that was doing a series on uh, wind and fire, but it, it, I just want to play it real quick, or uh, ask Kristen to play it real quick. 
So the disciples actually did what Jesus told them to do. They went and hung out. If you get it to work, great. I'll keep talking. Um, if So the disciples went and um, waited. Matter of fact, 120 of them, remember they were praying in the upper room, waiting for Jesus to, to do what he said he would do. And um, he did. But I want you to notice what happened after that. Peter, who was the guy that, remember he denied Jesus three times? You know, Peter, if you, if you watch The Chosen, they've done an excellent job uh, getting him to, or showing us a little bit of behind the scenes of what they thought Peter was like. And I can kind of imagine that, that you know, Peter thought, you know, he was always the first one to jump up there. He was always the first one to figure out how to open his mouth. And Jesus was constantly trying to tell him, hey, Peter, not really. And then Peter, what does he do? He says, I will never deny you, Jesus, ever. I, I'll, I will die with you. And he ends up going. He's hanging out in the uh, courtyard. And two slave girls at different times says, hey, you're one of those. You're one of those guys. He said, no, I'm not. Matter of fact, he even calls down curses on himself because he said, I'm not. I am not a disciple of Jesus. And the third time, if you remember, the rooster crowed. We just recently had a batch of three roosters and they would be crowing all during the night. If, I, I, I could never could figure out what caused them to crow. I always thought roosters would crow in the early morning, but get up and go to the restroom, two o'clock in the morning, and there's the roosters crowing. That's right, that's right. <laughs> I'll pay you afterwards for doing that. Thank you. <laughs> that's right. So, so Peter... Before, before Holy Spirit, get to work. Yes. All right, let's do it. There's a story in the New Testament that finds Peter in the months following the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It had been 49 days since he put himself back on the boat. He even picked up that old net and started calling himself a fisherman again. It had been 49 days since Jesus found him on that boat again. And now here he was, somehow the leader of all of these people. A leader without vision, without purpose, and without a plan. But Peter had something better. He had a promise. With the sound of a mighty rushing wind and flames of fire, the Spirit came. Believers, once muted with the fear of being condemned to crosses and coliseums, descended the stairs of the upper room, entering this world filled with the power of another. What would cause 120 to become 3,120 in a matter of minutes? What would cause a coward like Peter, once too fearful to be truthful to a young servant girl, to throw open the windows of the upper room and create a sound that persecution, imprisonment, or exile still cannot silence? What still promises to enter our world and clothe us with wind and fire? So, Holy Spirit, 
Holy Spirit shows up, and they go from 120 to 3,120 in a matter of minutes. There's no amount of good preaching, there's no amount of good singing, there's no amount of anything that could ever make something like that happen except the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's my prayer, is the Holy Spirit will sweep in here into each of our hearts, each of our minds, each of our, in our body called New Life Fellowship. And not that we'll have, if, if we, it'd be wonderful if we had 3,120 people. But again, it's not the people necessarily, it's Holy Spirit. If Holy Spirit wanted us to have 300, 3,000, 300,000, whatever the number is, then Holy Spirit would do that. As long as we're open and we're willing vessels to what Holy Spirit wants to do. So Peter went from being a scared, um, fearful denier to one of the most powerful apostles of Jesus Christ. And it was only because of the power of the Holy Spirit. So you may ask, well, so how do I get this Holy Spirit? I'm going to tell you the same thing Jesus said. We just need to wait. We need to wait. And we need to ask. Matthew 7, 8 through 11 tells us, For any, everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give you good gifts to those who ask? And if we look back at Acts 1 through 1 8, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So, what does this look like? Remember, do you remember upward, inward, and outward? You know, we used to say that all the time here. It was kind of a new life motto, but it's still so powerful and relevant. You know, upward, connect with God. How do you best connect with God? All of us are different. Some of you may like to go hiking. Some of you may just like to get up early in the morning with a cup of coffee, grab your Bible, that's how you connect. Some of you may connect at midnight. I'm already sound asleep several hours by midnight. But ever how you connect best with God, think back. When was the last time you really feel like you connected with God? And then do it again. Do it again, do it again, do it again. If you need to go out hiking, if you need to go out walking, whatever it is, take time to connect with God. So upward, inward. Wait for the Holy Spirit to transform you. 
Wait for Holy Spirit to come and do His work inside of you. Connect with God. Wait for Holy Spirit. And then, because of those two, you will be a witness because you won't be able to contain it. People will know and they'll see something different in you. They will know that Holy Spirit is working through you. Only Holy Spirit can save people. I can't. I can't convince anybody that, that Jesus is real. Most people, I can say, well, the Bible says this. Well, they don't even believe in the Bible. So, so they're like, hey, that's just a book. So it takes the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through us to transform us and to, to, to draw people to Himself. The Word tells us as we lift Him up and praise Him, He will draw all people to Himself. All we have to be is the vessel. All we have to be is willing to receive Holy Spirit. And then He will do His work in us and through us. There's another. There's a song I want to play, and I pray that it doesn't bring up advertisement in the middle of it. We are going to have to mute the uh, live feed, but we're, I'm going to play about five minutes of it as our closing uh, song. So the worship team, I don't need you to come up for that. But um, this song is really, um, this past week as I have been driving around, I keep hitting and playing it. And um, the title of it is God Problems. If you've got problems, if you've got things that aren't working so well, I want you to rest in this song for a few minutes.
five minutes so if you get an opportunity you can look that up and and uh, listen to it but I love the way it says it's not my battle it's not my fight but so many times I want I get out there and I want to I want it to be my fight and my battle and all Holy Spirit is asking us to do is rest in him and let him do the work let him do the work let him transform us. Bob wants to share something real quick, and then Nathan will come up and do announcements. Thanks for your uh, attention, and um, thanks for letting me share.